0: Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all. Hi. We're back.
1: Another episode to See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. And uh, we hope you're having a good week this week. Yeah, I know things can be kind of heavy out there right now. If you're like me, I've taken a little bit of a break from social media because of it. So take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, we kind of took a little hot break from our social media for a second. Yeah, a couple
1: weeks ago for obvious reasons and... Just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean it's still not there and that it still isn't something that we're fighting to try to actively change in favor of the less advantaged, I guess, you know, the children and yeah, people that really need it. So anyway, just know, thank you so much for all your, your kind words and support and everything through this whole time and also know you're not alone. If you're feeling the exact same way, we've, we are definitely feeling that way. Um, but not to be, you know, only talking about that. Uh, I want, did my homework as you asked me to do candy, the series.
0: Oh, did you watch it? I fucking finished
1: that shit. I started it yesterday and I was like, okay, I'll just watch a couple episodes. I have something to talk about on the podcast. Like, okay, at least I can give you a general idea of, you know, what it's like, dude, I started the first episode and I binged all the way to the end. There's 5 episodes and it is Is it good? Is it so really good? It's really good. It's really good. Yes, Justin is in it. You're correct. I told you. And it's kind of funny cuz like, you know, we all know that Justin and Jessica are together, so you know, there's scenes with them together and you're like, "Oh my god," you know. <laughs> But it doesn't take you out of the story because Jessica Biel is a
0: fucking amazing actress. I just think of her on Seventh Heaven. Me too. Me too. How good was that show? It was great. It was a really good show back in the day. If you know of a place where I can watch that, binge Seventh Heaven from beginning to end, tell me now.
1: God, where... Yeah. What What did that even... Was that on like ABC or the CW or both? I
0: don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm where the Googling hell is that? right now. And obviously, uh, the obvious disgusting... Mm, crap notwithstanding this was a phenomenal show like we used i used to watch this all the time when it was on jessica was always the cutest one we always wanted to be like jess when we were younger well
0: according to the hulu watch seventh heaven streaming online (gasps) hulu has everything man that's great well that's why
1: wow full circle it's on hulu and now her new show candy is on hulu as well it says um amazon prime too oh amazon prime great So yes, I highly recommend it. It's a, it'll suck you in. And also, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Let me tell you why.
0: Oh no, I hate being shamed. I'm about to shame us both. Ready? (sighs) Yes.
1: This crime happened in Texas. How the fuck
0: did we miss this? Well, I don't really know what the crime is. You'll have to watch it to find out. Well,
1: I got... We can assume, right? We can all kind of assume...
0: My husband's got to get back from the Target with my new TV so I can watch it. I've had technical difficulties. <laughs> Did you
1: like how whenever he was about to go pick it up, I said, yeah, you know, now that it's broken, I guess this is a good opportunity to get the HBO Max. <laughs> you like how I completely fucking ignored you? Yeah. Like, see, see, so I'm going to be the bad guy on this. See what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. setting you up. This is how it's going to work.
0: I'm hoping maybe new TV, you get like promotional things. Possibly, yeah, that's a possibility. So, let me tell y'all what happened. <laughs> Please do. So for weeks, maybe even no, not a month, but for weeks, um, I've been trying to catch up with Under the ban- Banner of Heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Only sound, no picture on Hulu. So then I'm like, okay, let m- maybe it's just this show. So I was picking random shit. Only sound, no picture. So I'm like, fuck. But everything else worked. So then we start troubleshooting on our own. Unplugging the fire stick, plugging it back in. Um, I uninstalled and reinstalled Hulu, which was a complete fucking disaster because do you think I know my Hulu password? No. No, no, no. Who knows their passwords anymore? No, you don't. don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. So then I'm trying to, like, log back in after I reinstall Hulu. I was... I had the password right. I had the email address wrong. Because I have two email addresses. Yep, done that. Finally, I get back in. Same fucking problem. But now, the problem has moved on. To our Netflix. To our Sling. To every other thing on the TV. So normally, this would be, like... Um, We're just going to have to figure it out and live with it. But my husband actually goes, well, I guess the TV's broke. We'll just buy a new one. Which makes me think that he actually did want to just
1: buy a new TV anyway.
0: I know. But if this had been my idea, he'd be like, we don't need a new TV. Why do we need a new TV? We need to wait. Yeah. (laughs) So then I'm like, okay. So I get on, um, first I get on Costco because we all know Costco got good prices on shit like that. Sure do. But with Costco, we couldn't get it the same day. Mm. So I found the exact same TV at Target, and I have a red card, so I get that 5% <sighs> off. Which, if y'all are not on that game, the red card,
1: get it. Trust me. Do 5% it. off is totally worth it. Do it. Target. Yes.
0: So he's gone to pick it up right now, <laughs> but I may have upgraded our TV from the 55-inch to the 70.
1: Whoops. Well, you know, if it's the same price, then... You're saving money.
0: (laughs) You know no 70-inch TV was the same price as the 55.
1: Well, how long ago did you buy the 55?
0: Mm, I have no clue.
1: Because the reason I'm saying that is it might be now. Because we recently had to do a similar thing where um, our TV, it actually, when we turned it on, half the TV was like orange and green. And we're like, oh, okay. And like the screen just... Fucked right off. So, we're like, okay, I guess we need a new TV. So, same idea. We went, did the whole thing, whatever. And we were looking around, and we're like, God dang it. The price we paid for that TV, you could buy, like, a 90-inch, like, 4K TV now with it. You're like, God dang. The prices, well, this is pre-chip shortage. I'm just going to caveat that. We're actually better now for a bigger TV, a better TV, than they were back. Because, you know, technology advances. We get the whole thing. But...
0: Yeah, I was like...
1: hilarious. Well, and it it probably
0: worked in my favor that when I went in the bedroom, everything worked fine.
1: Oh, yeah. So he's like, okay, so obviously it's this thing specifically that's going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, we unplugged the fire stick. We unplugged the TV. We left everything unplugged for a while, plugged them all back in, and still same problem. Yeah.
1: So it's obviously the TV. Of course it is. And so you know, under the banner of heaven, when you do finish it, girl, that show... That, that's one of the best shows ever made.
0: So I don't know who is Andrew Garfield's partner, but I love him. Oh my God, I love too. him in everything that I, I've seen him in, but I can't think of his name. Me too. Nor can I think of anything else I've seen him in, but I do know <laughs> that I love him.
1: I am right there with you. Also because, okay, so two things that both of these shows get right are the costumes, the lighting... And I'm going to say three things. And the mood of the 80s. They get it fucking perfect. Fucking perfect. Everything in the show is exactly like how I remember when I was younger. The houses had really low ceilings. The lights, The lighting, cars. Oh, the cars. The cars and were under the banner trash. of Trash. Yeah, absolutely. Trash-ass cars. Um, the like the lighting in the houses was really dim and dark. And I I was like, yep, that's exactly how it was. We didn't have LED lights. There was no like bright lighting. There was no like, even the windows were small compared to the room. So the whole house seemed more dingy than it actually was. There was a lot of dark wood paneling, so it made the rooms look oh, even smaller. All the plaid, the plaid. Oh, heads. all the plaid, and then the color scheme—the color scheme of like the browns, browns tans, all the browns. neutrals. Because like unlike the '80s movies that you see, like even Stranger Things, which by the way, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's so good. Um, the latest season is phenomenal. Definitely watch the latest season of Stranger Things. Um, even that, it showed more of like the technicaler part of the '80s, which yeah, there was that too. But the majority of us were living in the, you know, beige era of the 80s. So the the, the um, suit that his his um, partner wears with the darts on the back of the, the suit jacket and oh, then him yeah. wearing boots with the polyester pants. Oh, my God. If that is not every single older man when I was younger had that fucking outfit. Shit. I know men today in
0: Texas that still wear that outfit. Of course. I think that's our governor. (laughs) Mm. Oh, girl. Speaking of our governor. Holy shit. We had some kid, like 18-year-old kid, come to our door um, with, like, um, doing, like, campaigning on behalf of Greg. Oh, no. And so my husband was, like, (laughs) he was, like, yeah, no, um, we're not going to vote for him. He's, like can i ask why not and he was like because basically we don't agree with anything he has to say pick pick something pick one thing and i'm gonna say nope this was the first time in my life i was sad i didn't answer the door when somebody i didn't know rang the door i know i am actually kind of sad it wasn't you what what wasn't it you because I don't answer the door for people I don't know, just like I don't answer my phone for oh unknown calls. Truthfully, same. But I was like, shit, I personally have been like, how much time you got, bro? Have a seat. Here, have a seat. I have a porch chair. Have a seat. So this is where I wonder,
1: like, is this like one of those internship things so this kid can then get into politics or is like, is he a volunteer?
0: Or is he doing community service because he's a criminal? <laughs> blink if you need, blink. Do you need to be let out? Are you okay? (laughs) Blink twice. Do you need help?
1: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Like, once for yes, two for no. My God.
0: (laughs) God bless. It was the funniest shit ever. That's great. Because uh, my husband will answer the door for anyone. Me, we have a panel by our front door that has a camera that we can see who it is. And I'm like, dude, just look Look at at the the camera. Exactly. You don't know who it is. Don't open the fucking door. I
1: do it all the time. Exactly right. You want to know why? Because we're true crime fans. Because we know fucking better. That's exactly how someone's bullshit starts. (laughs) I don't care if you don't know that person. Doesn't mean they're not there to
0: do nefarious things. So, yeah. So, we're sitting at... Me and the kids are sitting at the dinner table eating dinner Friday night So I turn the app on right, and I turn the volume up so I can hear the conversation. So I hear it all go down and I'm like, fuck, why didn't I answer the door? (laughs) You should have run to the door and be like, oh, wait, I have more reasons. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) How much time do you have? (laughs) Um, I actually have 19 of them. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's great.
1: (laughs) Which actually, I'm glad you brought that up. This is a phenomenal point. Hey, everybody out there, make sure that you're registered to vote in your home state. I know a lot of our laws have changed drastically over these past two, three years for obvious reasons. There are um, forces beyond our control a lot of times when it comes to our voting. Here in Texas, a lot of us vote the opposite way than every single fucking politician that you see talking right now, like Louie Gohmert, Paxton, all those shitheads. No, we do not vote the men. So just heads up. Some of our states, we're not able to actually have our voices heard, which is very frustrating and can be um, upsetting because voting does matter. Oh, yes, 100%. And your vote actually does count.
0: Yes, 100%. So
1: don't take it from us living in a state where this is horrendous. Still fucking vote. It still matters. If there
0: are enough of us, it will matter. And also, let's say you actually do like that third party candidate Mm -hmm. vote for them because it actually makes a difference. It does. I would also be cautious about that if
1: it's a contentious election and, you know,
0: Oh yeah, but not great. It, uh, but it does affect like how many third party candidates can be in
1: future elections. Exactly right. Exactly right. So just don't think that it doesn't matter. Yes. We all know the system is broken and, and it might be this way for a while. But I will say, definitely get out there. Make sure you register to vote. We've got some major, major elections coming up in November 2020 for, you know, Senate, House. 2022? Or 20. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> okay, so you want to talk about murder? Um, actually, I, I have something else I want to talk about first. Oh, yeah. So, y'all remember when I had that horrific hair experience? Oh, I'm so glad you bring this up. Please tell us about. I have to shout out my new hair girl, mm-hmm. my new permanent hair girl, because if she tries to ghost me, I think I can find her. Yeah, I think you'd stalk her, find mm-hmm. her
1: and move exactly where she's moving to.
0: Yes. I'm going to name her because she's amazing. My new hair girl, Chelsea. hmm Oh, she fixed me because I was rolling with some rough hair, y'all. <laughs> it was... um. It wasn't bad. No, it was bad. Here's it was why bad. it was bad. It was bad. Let me tell you why it was bad. Stupid girl, the one before, I'm like I said, I didn't out her my name before, and I'm not going to out her now. She didn't listen to me, and she put a different curler on my roots than I asked her to, and then my hair color washed out, so I had... One color, then a big chunk of growth, and then another color. And it was bad, and I was only wearing my hair in buns. But Chelsea fixed me, and my hair has not looked this good, I don't think, ever. And I was seeing the other girl that ghosted me for, like, ten years. Wow.
1: What did I tell you about her? What did I tell you? She's so good, right? She is so good.
0: And not only that, she was like educating me about uh, hair. About hair. As she was doing my hair.
1: So the reason why I'm like agreeing with her is because, just so you know, this girl, we actually used to work with her back in the day. Yes. And we were all servers together. We also, you know, you know how servers we'd be. we do the house party after all that noise. We lost track of her for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. I found her again. Actually, no, you. You found
0: her again. Yeah. So she actually lived <laughs> close. One street over from me for like three years and I didn't even know it.
1: Right. Because how would we? We don't follow each like acquaintances. This wasn't like we were like tight or anything. Um so then I was like, Oh wow, she's doing hair. So I went to her first and balayage, my God. She gripped it and ripped it on my hair. Like legit. She took my hair from dry, broken, like And I have very fine hair Mm -hmm. to gorgeous. It was like treat, treated. It looked healthy and plump and full. It was gorgeous. So um, I'm now doing other things with my hair. I'm doing like, you know, vivid colors. So I was like, oh, I'm going to this other salon. But that's when I was like, girl, you got to go to Chelsea. She knows exactly what to do. Did she give you a treatment? One of those like deep? So she
0: actually puts the treatment inside of your hair color. Oh, God, I love Oh, uh, yes. Yep. She puts the treatment inside of your color because the hair, she explained all of this to me. <laughs> Nobody has ever done this before Mm-mm. because when you put hair color in your hair, it breaks down the bonds in your hair, but putting the treatment inside your hair color, you're kind of counteracting that. I mean, I was listening to her, but I don't know hair. Right. And so then she does the second step when she washes your hair, and so it makes your hair healthy.
1: Right. So it's not like, because, you know, coloring your hair is extremely damaging no matter how healthy your hair is. So I'm with you. She literally taught me so much stuff just sitting there and
0: I would ask more questions. I'm like, oh, what about this? What does this do? (laughs) Did you know when you, I'm sure you do because you've been to her, but I didn't know this. When you shampoo your hair, you're not really shampooing your hair. You're supposed to, the shampoo is to wash your scalp, not your hair. Right. The conditioner is for your actual hair. And you're supposed to shampoo twice. Oh, so you are supposed to shampoo twice. Shampoo, shampoo your scalp, rinse, shampoo your scalp, rinse, then condition your hair. God, okay.
1: Makes a lot more
0: sense. And, you know when your hair frizzes? Yeah. Do you know why your hair frizzes? No. It's your hair reaching out for moisture because it's dry. Oh my God.
1: See, this is why you go to somebody who actually gives a crap about like the science of hair, because then she's not going to screw up your hair. You know, like she understands how to. Okay, I can't be doing this to this her hair type, because then it'll screw it up or frizz it or destroy it. Like you have thicker hair than mine, so she's going to do stuff to your hair that she's not going to do to my hair. Exactly right. Love it. And if we all, all the the listeners who just tuned out, oh well. <laughs>
0: What I'm saying this is, is our lives. <laughs> you need to find a hairstylist that is educated and knows what they're doing and is willing to explain to you what they're doing. Right. Exactly. All Be- that to say. Exactly. I saw my hair person prior to her for 10 years and I knew none of this stuff.
1: Well, and, and exactly. And not every hairstylist has to explain all this stuff, but you would like them to at least have some sort of knowledge like that so they won't mess up your hair.
0: How about next time you go get your hair done, give them this pop quiz and ask them these questions and mm-hmm. see if they know. I like it. Ooh. And report back. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. Because you know who I bet didn't know this? Gregory V. Green. <gasps> who is Gregory V. Green? <laughs> well, he's not a hairstylist.
1: I guess he's a murderer. He is. Woo! Okay, let's learn
0: about him. So actually, there's not a lot I could find out. On his background, um, beyond the fact that he was born sometime in 1966. And he grew up in a religious family that would go to church all the time. I mean, how many times do we have to circle back to this?
1: So, this is what kind of church?
0: Christian? Probably Christian. Yeah, probably. Okay, go probably. Sure. So, when he was in his early 20s, he married Tanya Green. And Tanya had two children from a previous marriage that she brought with her into this marriage... And it wasn't long before Gregory became extremely jealous, controlling, and violent with Tanya. Mm. Yay, there's a trifecta. Was he an alcoholic as well? I don't really know, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, right. So when Tanya was six months pregnant with her and Gregory's first biological child together, she began planning on leaving him um, due to his behavior change. Yeah. So she got pregnant. He was controlling and violent and she probably was like oh hell no I'm not gonna raise my baby in this situation yeah as any woman should so she told friends she was going to go to church and pray about it and then she was gonna go home pack her bags and leave so domestic violence experts say the most dangerous time for a woman who is in an abusive relationship is when they try and leave and so it is uh, unknown if Gregory had a feeling Tanya was going to leave or if she told him or if someone who knew she was leaving told him, but Gregory was waiting for her when she got home from church mm. and Gregory was fucking raging. Oh my God. So Tanya wouldn't get a chance to leave Gregory. Um, he ended up stabbing her ten times with a steak knife, killing both Tanya and their unborn child. Oh, my God. Tanya's other two children from her previous marriage were in the house when this was hap- happening, but thankfully, they were unharmed. Um, they hid in a closet while Gregory was attacking Tanya.
1: Oh, my Those poor children. You want to talk about trauma.
0: I'm just thankful they
1: survived. Oh, me too. Me I too. mean like god bless do you mind if i give out the domestic violence hotline number Go ahead. again it's 800 799 7233 so if anybody you love or you are experiencing that heads up and i'm actually glad that we're doing this on a podcast because a lot of these situations they can they watch they control your behavior mm-hmm. so we're, we're doing it here for that exact reason so you have a chance to get that number
0: well, and a lot of times when you go to their websites too looking for help,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you hit, when you're on the website, all you have to do is hit the escape button and it completely erases everything. Oh,
1: good idea. Oh, and also try incognito mode as well if, mm-hmm. if your browser has that.
0: So um, you would think that's how Gregory got caught, right? Is because well, the other two kids were in the closet and they called 911, right? Well, I hope so,
1: or at least like. <sighs> At least, hopefully, that he is caught for this crime, yeah, because it's... Who else could have done it, you know?
0: Well, no, the kids didn't report him. Um, Gregory himself called 911 and told them what he did. And when the police got to the house, he said, and I quote, I stabbed her, she's in the kitchen. Uh, Just like that? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, by
1: the way, body's in there. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. That's real
0: nice. So, he went to trial in 1992, and he tried to use the insanity defense, because, um, you know. Why not? He sure. did call 911 on himself, but unfortunately, when he had his psyche eval, it was determined that he was saner than you and me. Yeah. Shock. They Shocking. were like, no, he good, bro. So, at that point, that's when Gregory decided to plead no contest to second-degree murder. And he was convicted and given a 15 to 25-year sentence.
1: I don't know why these aren't lifers. Like, I, I'm sorry. If you kill one person, He literally that's
0: just murdered her. In cold blood, too. It wasn't like, I thought she was an intruder and I instantly shot her. No, bro. You stabbed her. <sighs> Call 911 on yourself. Yeah. So, anywho. Gregory was denied parole four times. And the parole board felt he was, and I quote demonstrated little emotion or remorse, and had a lack of empathy. Well, yeah. So by the end of 2004, he was blaming Tanya for her own death, and he didn't think he didn't do anything wrong. Well, you know, had she just not left me, I
1: wouldn't have had to, you know, stab her all those many times. Right?
0: If she had just acted right, I wouldn't have had to beat her. I wouldn't have had to stab her. I wouldn't have had to do any of that. It's all her own fault. Of
1: course, yeah.
0: Please, y'all, you know we're being sarcastic, Yeah, right? that's heavy sarcasm. So, in December, um, December twenty seventh, 2004, a report officials wrote, and I quote, Despite completions of recommended therapy, Green has not gained adequate insight. He explains his conduct as arising out of his victim's mistreatment of him. Well, at least they saw... A spade for a spade at this point. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So according to court documents, by the end of 2006, the parole board reported that Gregory had, and I quote, gained some insight on his crime, but blamed his actions on, I quote, past immaturity. So, I So can't. boys will be boys is what yeah, the argument was? Yeah, he was just so immature that he stabbed someone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> so Gregory was still keeping, so Gregory still kept getting his parole denied because he was not taking responsibility for his actions. So at least he was still in jail. That's good. Yes. But then one of his sisters told the parole board that he had an, a religious awakening because who in prison does not have that of religious awakening? Everyone. Yeah. They all do because they all want fuck the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I, if I were to go to prison, I guarantee you I'm going to have that religious awakening, y'all. After you take the plea, then you're going to have to figure out how to get out on your next plea. I'm going to do that nolo lo contendo where yeah. I'm not saying I'm guilty. Oh, oh, the um, Alfred plea. Yeah. Yeah,
1: dude. Alfred plea, that's where it's at.
0: And then I'm finding Jesus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to get out. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And I just said that on podcast, so that's not going <laughs> to work for me. Oh God, it's going to be used in your in your criminal case yep. against you. Here's the prosecution. They're going to be like, we just need to play this real quick and then we're going to rest, okay? And there it is. Okay. So November 22nd, 2006, um, Deidre Borders wrote, I quote, Over the years, Greg has become closer to the Lord and reads his word daily. I believe that this is what has helped Greg through his difficult and trying co- time. Difficult and trying time? What the fuck? Did he lose his job? This is so ridiculous. And I'm, closer to the Lord? They all find the Sky Fairy in prison. <laughs> I, uh, difficult and trying time. He's going through a difficult and trying time, Jess. Uh, yeah, it's called jail
1: because he murdered somebody. I just hate when people hide behind religion. I have no problem with religion. I have no problem with faith. Do it. Believe it. 100%. If anything, it sometimes gives people reason to, you know, move forward in their life. It could help them through difficult times. Great. And the, plus, there's community in it. Phenomenal. But what bothers me is this shit. When you hide behind religion to, to basically continue to be a shithead.
0: I mean, if that's what works for you, fine. By all means. Like, just don't push it on me. Of course um but this yeah this is bullshit it's a means to an end he's just saying that uh-huh. to get the fuck out of prison yep because i mean how do we know he's not gonna murder someone else we don't and this is his
1: way of doing it so he doesn't have to admit that he actually was the one who did the thing
0: well we all know he did the thing he said "Boop, boop, 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 boop. hey bro the body's in the kitchen
1: he doesn't want to take responsibilities for his actions which Ugh. is just like so what i'll do is i'll go okay
0: i'm saved I've, been, I've seen the light, they, and so... They baptized me in the fucking toilet water, bro. I'm good. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, anywho. While Gregory was in prison, basically he kept his head down and walked the straight and narrow. And his records for the 16 years he served, he only got in one minor fight and didn't get into any violence or argue with the authorities, and he followed all the rules. So let me explain this to me. How can he be so violent in his marriage, but for 16 years in prison, not be violent?
1: Because there's no women around.
0: Oh, that's right. He hates women. My bad. Mm -hmm. So one of Gregory's biggest supporters besides his family was Pastor Fred Harris from Detroit. So I'm going to use Pastor Fred's own words here because I literally cannot make this shit up. Gregory and I were friends before his mishap and he was incarcerated. I'm sorry, his mishap? Did he spill the milk while pouring his cereal? He called
1: murder mishap. It's a mishap. Quote,
0: quote, quote. (sighs) So he wrote the Michigan Parole Board on August 17th, 2005, And the rest of the statement was, and I'm quoting, I feel like he has paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. This was not restore the lives that were taken. He will carry that with him for the rest of his life.
1: I sure damn hope so he carries that with the rest of his life, and I hope he feels like shit for it.
0: So basically he's saying, let him out on parole, because keeping him in jail will not restore the lives he was taken, and he feels real bad about it. But to, see, this is the thing, though. That's his pastor
1: saying that, not him. Mm-hmm. See, this is the problem. Again, he's hiding behind religion.
0: hmm hmm mm-hmm. So Pastor Fred continued to write the parole board again in the next year you know, in support for Gregor's release. This time he said, I quote, I've noticed a great deal of growth and his understanding. He has matured quite a bit as well as his processing skills. If he was released, he would be welcomed as part of our church community. As whatever we could do to help him, we would. Finally, in 2008, Pastor Fred's campaigning worked because Gregory Gregory was released on parole after serving 16 years for murdering his pregnant wife. Even if he hadn't been paroled in 2008, he would have been released in 2012 because he would have maxed out his sentence um, due to earning prison time reducing disciplinary credits. So he would have been let out on good behavior in 2012 anyways. So he just was released four years early. Okay. So story over right gregory's out he's on parole
1: somehow i know this is not the end of the story and i'm about to be really really mad
0: so once he was at least on parole he moves in with his mom and he's checking in with his parole officer and doing whatever's asked of him he's a free man yay! after he completed his parole he married for a second time he married 39, 39 year old faith harris does that sound familiar Kind of does actually. She's Pastor Fred's daughter. Oh, fuck. Uh, so he got remarried. He's re- re- rehabilitated. We're done. Are you ready to tell us about our trophy dad? I, I actually am, but I'm not done. God dang it. So Faith had two children from her previous marriage: Chadney Allen Jr. and huh. Kara Allen. How? That's a coincidence, isn't it? What? Because his uh, previous wife also had two kids from her previous marriage. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Weird. And then Gregory and Faith had two children together, mm. Coy and Kaylee. Those are cute names. So in the beginning of the marriage, things were okay, but three years into the marriage, things took a turn, and his old behaviors from his first marriage came back. He would become enraged and violent and jealous and controlling. So Faith was finally done with his bullshit, and in 2013, she applied for a restraining order. But was denied on the grounds of insufficient evidence uh, you can be denied a restraining order mm-hmm. i'm I'm sorry i'm maybe I'm naive, but what yeah, so like, <laughs> I can't just go, I want a restraining order against Jesse because they want proof that oh you're actually
1: so it's not just like a frivolous yeah, and they're wasting everyone's time, right, but at the same time. How how are you supposed to provide evidence? Look at my eyeball that's black. Look at my body that's cut. Or like, what what evidence do you need? Like, exactly right. How because... do you
0: explain and sh- prove fear? So, like <laughs> in her application, she said, and I quote: "We're filing for divorce. He's being belligerent, kicking things, just kicking things, threatening me, and saying if I don't le- if I don't leave, things are going to get ugly." Jumped at me like he was going to attack. This went on for hours. So she filed for divorce later on that year, but the paperwork didn't go through because Gregory did what abusers do. He promised he would change.
1: Ah, uh, here we go
0: cunties they never change you have to leave and get out before you are the one in the ground if you are able to if you are able to get
1: out legit go to your friend's house and fucking hole up with them whatever you need to do like there there are services out there like we said we have the, the number they never change it's but the thing is is like i i also get I also get it. Like, if you really love someone, you want you want to believe that they could change. You want to believe in the heart of hearts. Or, you know, think about it. She had three years at the beginning where this was not the person she married. So she's like, okay, maybe he'll come back around. He also be, murdered I mean?
0: his first wife.
1: I know. I know. I, where's her father in all of this? You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh,
0: Pastor Fred yeah, all all helped get him quiet. the fuck out of jail? Yeah. I'm, I don't know.
1: I'm just saying like you got this guy out your daughter is now married to him you should care what's about to what happens to your daughter whether or not she married this guy or anybody else so i don't know i just think it's you would think yeah so she's gets denied
0: the restraining order what happens so september 21st 2016 Gregory taped a plastic tube to the exhaust of his car and poisoned his two youngest children, oh his God. two biological children, Coy, who was five and Kaylee, who was four with carbon monoxide from the exhaust fumes. Gregory then put their bodies in their beds as if they were asleep. Gregory then tied Faith to a chair in the basement and brutally assaulted her. He slashed her face with a box cutter and shot her in the foot. Gregory then brought her two other children, Chadney and Kara, down to the basement and shot them execution style in front of their mother so she had to watch them die.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Then at 1.15 a.m., Gregory followed his M.O. and called 911 on himself and waited for the police to arrive in the driveway. When the police got there... They went inside and found Faith duct tape and zip tied to a chair with the bodies of her teenage children in the basement and the bodies of the babies in their beds. Gregory was arrested again and charged with the murders of all four children. Gregory pled guilty this time and he was sentenced to at least 47 years in prison, which is equal to a life sentence because he will be 97 by the time he is eligible for parole. I'm sorry,
1: but still, he didn't get fucking life for that? No. And yet still not life. Jesus, I am so mad. Like, there are people in jail right now for having a small possession of pot for a life... They have a lifetime sentence simply because they got high. Yep. And this motherfucker did all of these horrendous things and got, well, you know, 47 years. That's, that's, that's like, enough, you know, because he'll eventually die in
0: there. (sighs) I don't get it. It, Make it make sense. So, Faith spoke... um, at his hearing, and she said, You are a con artist. You are a monster. You are a devil in disguise. You are now forever exposed. Not even torture and death would be justice. Your justice will come when you burn in hell for all eternity for murdering four innocent children, all because you're insecure. Get it, Faith. Gregory spoke during his sentence. He <laughs> said, I feel bad for how this has been done has deeply impacted everyone and may god help them help me there was no apology remorse or explanation for what he did oh so it's all about him Mm -hmm.
1: yeah help them help me Mm -hmm. no sweetie oh my god that's horrendous i was actually gonna ask if faith made it because it sounded like she was tortured and it It sounds like she did, but, I mean, God. She did,
0: but she had to watch two of her children be executed in front of her, and then her other children were murdered as well. That is
1: absolutely horrendous. God, I hope... Faith, I hope you're okay. I mean, I know you're not. (laughs) There's no way. But I hope that somehow you found a, a life through all this. Good God, that's horrendous.
0: What a shithead. So, he not murdered one wife and child he murdered two wives and children and well he didn't murder the second wife but he murdered the children the children and he told on himself both times and see here's the thing why wouldn't he why wouldn't he got he got away with it the first time exactly
1: right so he's like eh you know what's another what 16 years
0: I oh think he's going to die in jail this time, though.
1: I really hope so, because he doesn't
0: deserve to be out in... Now, Pastor Fred, <sighs> what about you, my friend? How do you feel, my friend? Because I feel you're almost as guilty as Gregory.
1: I don't know, man. I'd like to think that maybe Pastor Fred was thinking, I'm going to do... I'm trying to do the right thing here. But, dude, you, you did it with the wrong the wrong person. There are plenty of other innocent people in jail right now, and he is not... Obviously, one of them, you shouldn't have never gotten involved with him at all. I
0: mean, he murdered his own family the first time, and then you hooked him up with your daughter? Like, that just.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Well, let me tell you about someone who
1: was put into prison who shouldn't have been. So, today, for our
0: trophy dad. Ooh, tell me, tell me. Nelson Mandela. Ah, uh, I have danced around him. I know. He's, I really didn't know
1: much about him. Like I knew like the gist, but this really helped me kind of dive more into him. And obviously, like there's a whole book out there that I didn't get a chance to read that I could be reading. So I might, I think I might put that on my queue. by the way. So Nelson Rolala Mandela was born on July 18th, 1918. He's a cancer like me. <laughs> just made me really happy when I found out he was a cancer.
0: (laughs) And why aren't you doing um, Nelson Mandela things? Oh, are we going to talk about the Mandela effect? We
1: might a little bit. Um, In Bovezo, South Africa, the chief Nisoki Godla Mandela, part of the Madiba clan of the Tembu people. His mother was Nankafi Nosenki, and when his father died at age 12 in 1930, he became a ward of the Joniktaba, or regent, of the Tembu tribe because he was too young to rule. So, I'm just wildly fascinated by that whole thing that I just said. I didn't get a chance to really deep dive into it, but um, if y'all know more about it, please let me know. Because I know some people have dedicated their lives to studying Nelson Mandela and the entire thing. So, I'd love to learn more. Um, when, he was, when he went to elementary school, his teacher gave him the Christian name of Nelson. His real name is Rokvala, which I had to watch for two different videos to make sure I said it right. And I think I may still be butchering it, but that's how he became known as Nelson. So that was very common back in the day. And I know they did that as well here and like in Canada at a spot at a lot of indigenous schools is they would give you a Christian name in place of your actual name, basically saying like white people can't pronounce this. So your name is Nelson now. Instead of becoming a chief like his father, he wanted to become a lawyer. And he went to South African Native College, now called the University of Fort Hare. He was expelled after participating in a student protest. Hell yeah. And his king back home was actually very upset that he got expelled. And he even threatened to give him an arranged marriage. So Mandela was like, "Uh uh-uh. He ran off to the capital, Johannesburg, instead. He worked for a while there until going back to school. And he completed his undergrad before then going to University of Witzwatersrande. And left in 1952 without graduating. It's funny, because he actually even stated he wasn't a good student. He was like, I didn't like school, you know, <laughs> I wasn't a good student. But he did get his full degree later in 1989, and he graduated in absentia. So, um... What does that mean? Oh, uh, from what, I, while you're not there, in uh-huh. absentia. In 1942, at age 24, he started to be really interested in politics I mean, makes sense. There's a massive war happening in the 1940s. So you kind of look around and go, what's happening? And he joined the African National Congress, ANCYL, in 1944. That same year, he met and married Evelyn Mass and had two sons, Mandiba Thembikile Thembi and Magatho, and two daughters. One died in infancy, unfortunately, and the other was named Makaziwe. Oh, my God, I love that name. It's so pretty. His kids' names are so beautiful. Thembi, I thought that was such a cute little, like, nickname. I, I, it's adorable. His part on the Congress included opposing the national parties, that's the name of it, apartheid policies at the time. And for those that don't know, apartheid was extreme racial segregation in South Africa against the non-white majority, He slowly climbed the ladder at the ANCYL and started to become more radical in his policies, including the Program of Action in 1949, which promoted boycotts, strikes, demonstrations, and other nonviolent resistance to oppose the oppressive policies of apartheid. So, and just so y'all know, the three most important apartheid laws were the Race Classification Act, meaning every citizen suspected of not being European was classified according to race, the Mixed Marriages Act, it prohibited marriage between people of different races and the Group Areas Act. It forced people of certain races into living in designated areas. This was not that long ago, guys.
0: No, it's...
1: This was, this was like, our, my, my grandparents were alive, my parents were alive, I was alive, you were alive during apartheid. Oh, yeah. This oh, just yeah. happened. After getting a two-year diploma to practice law, In 1952, Mandela established the first black law practice in South Africa specializing in apartheid cases. Um, After the National Party's Laws Act passed in 1948, he realized that this was something that his people needed. He traveled around the country building support against the new PASS laws. So these PASS laws literally are non-whites had to carry a PASS or PASS book stating that they were allowed to be in a restricted area. In other words, black people had to have a piece of paper to say that they were allowed to be there. What does that sound like? Does that remind you of something in Germany where they had to be categorized and had to have a star placed on them for some crazy reason?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. So later, he drafted the Freedom Charter, which was actually adopted in 52. This charter stated that South Africa belongs to all who live in it black or white, and no government can justify claim authority unless it is based on the will of the people. So in this freedom charter, which I thought was very interesting, he included all people, even the white people who were currently oppressing him. Of course he did. Because for him, it wasn't like black people need to be above, you know, only we're the only important one. No, no, no. It was like, no, we're all equal. Mm -hmm. And until we're equal, you're not equal either. He's absolutely correct. This obviously did him no favors to the authorities at the time, and he was banned, which at the time meant that his travel was restricted, and so was his speech, and his, um, I think he said, like, his appearance, so I don't, I'm not quite sure about if that meant, like, he had to wear certain things, or if it literally meant you weren't allowed in public, I think it may be the latter, you weren't allowed to be in public, but it was like you're banned from being, from existing in a weird way, it's very strange.
0: Yeah. It's, all those fascist
1: laws don't make sense. It just... How do you restrict a person? You how do you... Pre- you can't pretend they don't exist. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, it makes me so mad. I know. He was charged under the Suppression of Communism Act... Okay? In 1952, because of his civil disobedience, and he, as well as 19 others, were sentenced to nine months of hard labor. In 1956, at age 38, he was arrested along with 100 other people for treason for no other reason than because they didn't like their ra- their activism against the government. So they decided, let's do a country ride sweep. And this included black and white people alike. After a trial, a uh, trial, I'm putting that in air quotes. I mean, it's a loose term, I have a feeling. Yeah. In 1956, he was finally acquitted in 1961. So how I understand it is, he was out and about, allowed to be around, but they finally acquitted him in 61 i don't know it's ridiculous in 1958 while all of this was going on mandela divorced evelyn and married winnie um madis excuse me madiziki and they had two daughters Zinai and zinziswa forgive me i lost how to pronounce her last
0: name and i mean i screw people's names <laughs> up on the rag
1: I I really like the names because it, unlike English language, like it is actually phonetically pronounced. Um, But I just, I don't know, having a brain mush. In 1960, unarmed black South Africans were massacred by police and the ANCYL African Congress was banned. After his trial in 1961, he went into hiding and started planning military action against the government and the Omkanko Wiziwe, or Spear of the Nation. So he formulated or made this new division of the ANCYL called the um, Omkanko Wiziwe, which is the Spear of the Nation. So basically what this Spear of the Nation was, was um, a military arm of the African National Congress. So he's at the point where he's like, fine, Y'all are going to be militarizing against me and us. We're going to do the same thing back. We're going to fire with fire. He trained in guerrilla warfare tactics in Algeria in 1962. And once he reached South African soil, right as he got off the dock, he was arrested again and sentenced to five years at the time for sabotage, treason, and violent conspiracy. And here's why he got charged with that. Cops found that the Omkonto Wiziwe's cache of weapons and equipment to overthrow the government was being planned. And so they rounded up him along with other people and basically saying, look, you're being treasonous. He admitted to some of the charges as truth, basically saying, yep, I sure should am <laughs> because y'all suck. And he gave a famous speech on the dock as he was being arrested, which was later published called, I am prepared to die. Here's one quote from it. He said, I have fought against white domination, and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democracy and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am... On June 12, 1964, when he was 46, he was then given the sentence of life in prison. Instead of the five years, he was given life... And he was given life instead of death, which I think was a political move on the National Party side, basically saying we don't want to create a martyr. Yeah. Too many people know who he is now, so let's just keep him alive, but let's make sure it's life in prison. Nelson Mandela was incarcerated from 1964 to 1982 in Robben Island Prison off the coast of Cape Town. During this time, unfortunately, his son Themby died, and so did his Mm -hmm. mother. He wasn't allowed to go to their funerals. In 1982, he was transferred to a maximum security uh, Polesmoor Prison, also in Cape Town, with a couple others. And then he was finally transferred alone in 1985 after he came back to prison from a surgery. In August of 1988, he was diagnosed with TB, tuberculosis, and transferred to Victor Verster Prison near Parle. So here's what's weird. Or I guess I don't think it's necessarily weird, but I think it's interesting. The government would offer him freedom, sometimes like they'd be like hey we'll let you out like for instance in 1976 they did this but only if he would recognize the status of the government of the time was legit so essentially they were saying as long as you give our the blessing to this government that we have now established we'll let you out Hmm. yeah so my guess is because he was a started to become a massive figure for the political movement against apartheid. Mm -hmm. And he was starting to be the figurehead of it. And they're like, well, if you sign off on the government, then all your people will sign off. So then we'll look more legitimate to the black population of South Africa. Right. So he refused all these offers, obviously. And once stated that only free men were allowed to engage in these types of negotiations. And he wasn't free. So (laughs) basically saying, you could let me out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then i'll be happy to talk all about how wonderful you guys are.
0: Oh yeah, because you're the best. You're the ever. best. He would never do
1: that. <laughs> As apartheid became more in the mainstream outside of South Africa and just Africa, people around the world started witnessing the literal slavery and atrocities that inflicted that were inflicted on black people at the time. And the government started losing favor around 1983. From 83 to 88, that's really the the decline of apartheid and that extreme fascist government. And then after a regime change in 1990, he was finally released on Sunday, February 11th, at age 72, after 26 years, in jail. Nine days after unbanning ANCYL and four months after releasing others, he was released. He was quickly elected as deputy president of the ANCYL and negotiated with the new president, de Klerk, to officially end apartheid and make South Africa a democracy. So right after he was released, a lot of things started changing, like 180 degrees away from what it was. In 1996, he divorced Winnie and was sworn in as president, part of South Africa's new multi-ethnic government, he started the TRC Truth and Reconciliation Commission in 1995, which investigated the crimes against human rights that apartheid had committed, and started housing and education help for black citizens as well as economic initiatives. In 1996, they passed a new democratic constitution, and in 1997, he resigned his po- position at the ANCYL and handed it over to Thabo Mbeki. He married Greka Michelle in 1998 and did not seek a, a second term as president of South Africa. Instead, Mbeki won in 99. That same year, he founded his Nelson Mandela Foundation, which stands for Social Justice, Peace, and Reconciliation. In 2007, his grandson Mandela Mandela became the head of the Mavezo Traditional Council, which was his tribe. And when he turned 90 in 2008, the entire world celebrated his life, and Mandela Day was founded on his birthday, July 18th. So here's the cool part about Mandela Day. It's not just like, hey, let's observe this super cool, badass guy. The day also promotes community service around the world.
0: Oh, I love that. So heads up,
1: y'all. Remember that this July 18th is Community Service Day. He died at his home in Johannesburg in December of 2013 at age 95. So the cool part about Nelson Mandela is his legacy lives on. In fact, his granddaughter... Um, Nildileka Mandela, a writer and social activist herself and head of the Thembekile Mandela Foundation. My guess is maybe Thembi was her father. Oh, yeah. Before he died, you know? Yes, yes. Um, so the, the, um, um, Mandela Foundation is a place of education and health for young rural women in South Africa. She wrote an article for Newsweek recently, like, Dece- uh, what was it, May this year, 2022 about the war in Ukraine, relating it to her father's quest. And I'm going to quote from her writing in the article, because I think she says it best. Prior to Mandela, white South Africans generally did not see apartheid as evil. But under my grandfather's leadership and strong moral guidance, their views drastically changed and the battle against apartheid became a unifying national struggle. The key to such success? Unwavering moral leadership. In South Africa, it was a coalition of peace builders and moral leaders that gave life to the anti-apartheid message. So powerful did it become that ordinary white South Africans could not help but acknowledge it, then respect it, and eventually embrace it. However, building such coalitions during periods of deep division, tribalism, and animosity is not easy. She later states that, quote, Mandela, for one, realized that a prosperous and democratic South Africa was in the interest of all. And for the Ukraine-Russian war to resolve, Zelensky must realize that moral leadership during times of conflict is not just about one goal or one person, but for all of shared humanity. So I think that what's very incredible about this man's life is it continues its ripples of peace, like he says, truth, and also reconciliation after he was dying. And we can still apply it to the very real situation that we have today, which I thought was fascinating that his granddaughter is the one speaking out about it because she's a phenomenal role model. yes. Now granted, some people may not agree with him going military on you know the government or trying to, but I can understand where he's coming from. If you're being oppressed to the point where where literally you're being told you cannot marry who you want to marry, you have to live in this exact spot period right yeah at some point people are not going to like that and shoot the fresh french revolution in and of itself is a perfect example of when you tell people where where to go and what to where to be and oh rich people here poor people here it's just throughout history there's plenty of examples right right. people are going to get violent Mm -hmm. so i know i did not do nelson mandela justice by any means i just i was like i gotta end this on a on a high note, on a big guy, you know?
0: Yes, because next week we're leaving the dads. I don't we, think we've told them. We have not. So, oh, we kept a secret. We <laughs> did keep a secret. Do you want to tell them who we're doing next? Cuntlets. We. <laughs> I forgot that we we're calling them that.
1: We're doing cuntlets, so kids this next time.
0: Kids who
1: have harmed their parents. Yep, exactly. So stay tuned for the next episodes really hope that you like this series on dads. We will, of course, come back around eventually. But, you know, we figured we'd just keep switching it up. Make it fun for, for everybody. Yes, murder is fun. Oh, God. <laughs> Not like that. That's our <laughs> new sticker. Oh, and by the way, guys, we're going to be in Dallas at the True Crime Podcast Festival August 27th through the 29th. Yep, exactly. So come check us out there. We, we would really love to see y'all.
0: We may have some new stuff. We may have
1: some new stuff. We're actually talking about that now. Um, we have the Patreon series Video Killers still out. There are new episodes out now. Go check that out. Really excited to bring you just something fun and different that's murdery but not as intense, I guess. I mean... I don't know. We're yeah. always intense.
0: <laughs> I try not to be.
1: <laughs> but,
0: oh. yeah, my man count was pretty bad. He was gnarly. I ended it on a high low note. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. (laughs) You did a good job. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you all for listening. As always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.